You may be seated. As we turn our attention to the word this morning, we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first 11 verses. So I invite you to turn there and open the scriptures with me as we listen for what God has to say to us today. Before we read God's word together, let's pray. Lord, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So we pray, Holy Spirit, come and illumine your word for us today. Use it to guide and shape our lives that we may honor and glorify you in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the Apostle Paul's uh, pastoral letter to the church in Corinth was written while Paul was in Ephesus working with the churches there. And the letter was delivered by friends and co-workers to the church leaders in Corinth. And likely, after they received it and read it, it would have been read out loud to the whole congregation that following Sunday or whenever they gathered together, kind of like we are now. And in the past few weeks, we've actually read several pieces of this letter to the church in Corinth, and we've heard some of the specific concerns that Paul is addressing. He urges the church not to be divided by its loyalty to various teachers. He holds up the importance of their loving one another in the midst of their work of ministry that they're doing together. But in our passage today, he comes kind of to the end of his letter, and he takes a step back to remind them of the bigger picture of how he began to be in relationship with them and of the most important things he's taught them along the way. This ending of Paul's letter seemed like the perfect way to sum up the end of my time with you together at North Highland. And believe it or not, this was the lectionary text assigned for today. I'm often amazed by how the Spirit chooses to work. As soon as I read this, I decided that what I would do is take a cue from the Apostle Paul and write my own letter to you. But let's begin with Paul's words from 1 Corinthians 15. Paul wrote, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I have preached to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you've believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as one abnormally born. For I am the least of all the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. 
But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet, not I, but the grace of God that was in me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach. And this is what you believed. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So now, brothers and sisters, I didn't think this would happen this fast into this letter. (laughs) That's why I wrote it as a letter, too, though. I want to remind you of the good news I have preached to you over the past six years as your pastor. Everything I have shared with you comes out of what I have received from God that has helped me strengthen my own faith. Or as the Apostle Paul put it, what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. And it starts with this basic truth. The truth that we remind ourselves of every week in the assurance after confession. The good news of the gospel is that Christ died for our sins. But not only that, he did not remain in the grave. He gave his life to pay for our faults so that we would be forgiven for all the ways we fall short of what God desires for us. But he also rose again from the dead and ascended into heaven so that we can live a new and transformed life. He sent his Holy Spirit to dwell within us so that we can, over time, by the grace of God, grow into the people that God always intended us to be. That's what the life of discipleship is about. It's part and parcel to our salvation. We are saved for a purpose. This is what I've been trying to tell you from the beginning as a pastor of discipleship. The Holy Spirit's presence in us is a marker that we are children of God, destined to inherit the glory of God with Christ. And it is also the shaping, molding, gifting, clarifying power of God in us Directing our actions right now. We are called to act in response to our faith. To learn and grow. To use our gifts to serve. And yet none of this, none of this is by our own efforts. Rather, God's grace works in and through us because of the Spirit. That's why Paul the great apostle who wrote most of the letters in the New Testament can say, I'm the least of all apostles. I don't even deserve to be called an apostle, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. He also says, not I, but the grace of God that was within me. That's what enabled the great work that Paul did of establishing so many churches. It was absolutely vital to the spreading of the gospel, and yet he says he didn't have anything to do with it. It was all God's grace. And the same goes for you and for me. We are needed for the spreading of the gospel, and yet our work is not measured by how great we are or how hard we work. It's about what God is doing by his Spirit in us. Because we believe in Jesus Christ, God has given this same spirit to each of us. And I hope you have heard me preach to you how important it is 
to learn to listen and respond to that spirit within your life by reading scripture, by prayerful attention to what God is doing in your life and in the world around you, by continuing to learn about your faith and by using your gifts for the sake of others. This is the sum of the Christian life. It's what it means to be a disciple, to grow in faith and service of others, and to do it together with the church, our brothers and sisters in Christ, if we are children of God. That same spirit who unites us to Christ as God's children also binds us to one another as members of a family, even as one body, Paul describes it in other places, with Christ as the head. Together, we are called to follow God and to share the good news with the world. And to me, this is one of the most amazing realities about the Christian faith. It goes right alongside of the fact that God created the world and that he sent his son Jesus to die and then he rose from the dead. I'm amazed by the fact that God chooses to carry on the work of telling the world about himself through us. Together. All of us. Each person contributing their gift for the sake of God's work in the world. Sometimes it makes no sense to me why God would choose to work this way through us. He knows how broken we are, how often we hurt one another, how we fail to live according to his will, how hard it is for the church to be united in the world. And yet, God sent his son and his spirit to unite us to himself, to make us part of what he is doing in the world, part of his mission. And it is all by the grace of God that we're able to do any of it, that we're able to do anything good. It is all by the grace of God that we are able to do the mission work that this church does so well. To help someone else put a roof over their head or to help a child have a chance to be more successful in school. It is all by the grace of God that we're able to teach the next generation about the faith or extend hospitality to our neighbors. And I want you to know that I have seen the grace of God manifested over and over again here at North Holland. Every time someone chooses to speak kindness and extend generosity instead of judgment. Every time someone is willing to give of their time and their patience for a young child who struggles to sit still or for someone who is going through a difficult time, or to send a quilt covered in prayers to those we barely know sometimes. I have seen the grace of God here in people's willingness to trust one another and to move forward in unity when there's issues to be addressed. I saw the grace of God through all of you when I came here, and you had never had a woman pastor before. And yet you welcomed Brandon and I and loved us. And I felt the grace of God when I offered to take on more responsibility during a time of transition. And you thanked me and encouraged me, even as I tried out my abilities. I experienced the grace of God through you when I was tired from that work. And you cared for me. 
And I know it was the grace of God and the work of the Spirit that led us together as we discerned the vision of this church, as we continued in our mission and tried new ways of doing ministry together over these past six years. It is the grace of God that has made this church what it is, a place that is intentionally sharing the love of Jesus through compassion-filled hospitality. And that grace is not without effect. Working together, this church has shown hospitality to me, to many of you, to the community around us, in a way that imitates the hospitality that we have already received from God, who welcomes us as his children. Think about the kind of hospitality that God has offered to us. The scripture tells us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Throughout the Gospels, we hear how Christ developed relationships with those who were struggling and marginalized. He sat at the table with those the culture looked down upon as often as he debated with those who were highly religious. God's love doesn't wait to kick in until someone walks through the doors of the church. Rather, we love because God first loved us. And it is by the grace of God that North Holland has been growing in its ability to imitate Christ's love and hospitality. By delivering food to hungry kids, by getting to know people at the food pantry, by sharing meals with neighborhood families at the summer events and the harvest feast, by hosting a Bible club after school, by quietly helping individuals who are struggling and openly supporting all kinds of ministries and mission works that do the same sorts of things. And by the grace of God, I know you will continue to do these things more and more as you rely on the leading of God's Spirit among you. So today I simply want to remind you of the good news that each of us and all of us have received together. That God lovingly welcomes us into his family through Christ by the power of the Spirit. And by that same Spirit, you are called and gifted and led to keep extending that love, that welcoming love you have received to others. At the very end of the chapter that we read, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul concludes with these words, and they're the, they're the same thing I want to say to you. So I'm going to read them. Paul writes, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. My friends, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. And I can't wait to see what God does in and through this church in the years to come. Thank you for the welcoming hospitality and love that you have shown to me in these past six years. The grace of Lord Jesus be with you all. My love to all of you in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join me in praying.
God, we thank you for the gift of your spirit. The way that you have saved us through Jesus Christ, that you've shown us the way to live new life, and that by the spirit's power, we can live that out and show it to the world. God, I pray that the love that each of us have received, whether this is our home place that we are every week or whether we're scattered around the world, that that same welcoming love that you have shown to us unites us to one another and sends us out. God, we give you all the thanks and praise for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.